Leaking roof? Need new windows? Looking to remodel your kitchen or bath? You've come to the right place and the right time. Broadcasting on News Radio 930 WBEN since 1989, this is Hammer Time Radio. Now, your host, your man for home improvements, Dominic Cortese. Good morning, Buffalo. It's Dominic Cortese with a special show for you today. We'll be speaking with uh, Basil Sagos, the DEC commissioner, and Doreen Harris, the president and CEO of NYSERDA. Together, they co-chair the climate initiative in the state that was put together by Governor, Governor Cuomo in 2019. Good morning to you both. Morning, Dominic. Good morning. Thanks for uh, coming on to WBEN in Buffalo. The Empower Plus program uh, at the core of uh, the climate uh, change initiative uh, is designed, from what I've uh, gathered, uh, to help low-income families update their homes uh, to help combat the higher cost of running uh, their their homes with uh, 100% electric. Uh, has that uh, been part of the consideration, the cost of the electrical upgrades to an electrical service being quite costly? Well, certainly. And in fact, Governor Hochul really put affordability at the center of both her State of the State address and her executive budget um, this week. So she's proposed an expansion of the very successful Empower program that we at NYSERDA um, have run for a number of years, really focusing on how to uh, scale that up to allow for support for electrification of buildings as well as weatherization. So I'm excited uh, at the $200 million proposal. It's going to allow us to reach tens of thousands of homes and really allow them to advance heat pump technologies, air, air source or ground source, and also air sealing and insulation to reduce their energy costs overall. So the cost of this is certainly a part of considering um, how the New York Staters are going to endure uh, the switch to electric. But another key component here is the uh, power generation currently uh, uh, being uh, on the electrical grid primarily dependent on on natural gas. How are we going to switch away from that power generation core being dedicated to natural gas to a renewable resource? Well, this is a this is a transition that is going to be occurring over many decades for our state. So it's certainly nothing we're we're doing hastily. We're advancing this in a very logical, rational, and um, I'd say thoughtful manner. Um, and really, we are going to be relying more on our electric grid. Um, we're going to use the grid to heat and cool our homes and to power our electric vehicles uh, and and beyond. So over the course of the coming decade, we're going to be making significant investments in our grid to ensure it's not only expanded with renewable resources at the at the center, but also reliable um, given the real need to, to use this resource for so many purposes. You say that, Doreen, but the timeline for the implementation is quite rigorous uh, and energetic. Uh, from what I understood, the uh, first thing we're going to see in 2025 is a move away from natural gas in new home construction. Well, that's right. Um, so this, again, when we look at the goals of the climate law, they set forth 
interim targets, 2030 and 2040, but then also 2050 is, is really the, the date we're solving for in the longer term. And one proposal that we're advancing is to really get ourselves started with the very necessary requirement to um, decarbonize our buildings. Our buildings are the largest source of greenhouse gas emissions in our state. And really, when we think about the best way to start, why not start with a building that's not yet constructed? And to ensure that these new buildings, tens of thousands of new buildings built a year in the state, really start um, in ways that use these technologies to begin with a very efficient electrified home is starting in 2025 for those new homes. How do we know that we're going to be even remotely ready for that step in just less than two years? Well, the good news is, with respect to buildings, we've got technologies that are commercially available. In fact, heat pump technologies are outselling um, conventional oil and gas um, heating and cooling equipment, even as we speak. And when we look at other markets, uh, I'd love to reference the northern uh, European countries where these technologies are installed um, in over 90% of, of buildings as we speak. So the technology's there, and we're excited to really start the process, as I said, with, with the new building as our primary focus. How do we answer that, the question uh, from a prospective home buyer as to the increased cost of, of installation of these more expensive technologies? And comparing that to the more efficient, uh, cost-efficient, that is, utility cost of natural gas. With a new home, the incremental cost is actually not significant in the, in the sense that we're doing, as I said, we're doing this from the beginning. We at NYSERDA have um, a number of programs to help uh, reduce any incremental costs, um, including various uh, programs we've run and are scaling up. We also have the benefits of very significant investments from the federal government which can incentivize the utilization of specifically heat pump technologies and weatherization resources, really to, to make this a, a decision that is only allowing for cost savings for consumers over time. And I think that's really the key, is that uh, this is not only creating a future that is cleaner and healthier, but helping us over time to avoid what we're all experiencing this winter, which is very significant spikes in our heating and cooling costs associated with the utilization of fossil fuels. So we, um, as you well know, suffered through a blizzard. Um, we uh, have been labeled, it, uh, it's been labeled a once in a generation storm and uh, the power grid uh, failed us. Um, how do we, um, how can we depend on the power grid going forward when, when there ever is a you know weather calamity, uh, it te- it seems that the grid is the uh, the uh, uh, first thing to fail in terms of keeping our homes warm. Well, we certainly do recognize, and and this is really part of the planning process that we are, have undertaken in recognizing that we will be more reliant on our grid. We need to make investments in our grid to improve its reliability and ultimately to ensure that people have the ability to stay warm in the winter uh, with with the technologies we'll be using in our building. Mm -hmm. So that happens in a variety of ways, not only investments in our grid, but certainly uh, there's options even in a highly electrified future for people to use backup sources of heat, as well as really a very um, efficient home that can keep that home warmer, even in a power outage. Right now, when the power goes out, we're reliant on natural gas to power a generator. 
what happens when we lose that uh, dependability of having a natural gas backup? So really when we're thinking about the ways in which we'll be advancing our buildings um, proposals, as we've already discussed, one thing we're really going to be looking at is is the availability for backup sources of heat um, in in a circumstance of a power outage, as an example. So it's not to say that people can't, uh, people can use wood as, as many folks in Western New York do. Um, there's certainly, we would be considering backup sources such as, um, generators as, as recognition, of course, that we need to keep people warm in the winter and, and certainly even in an electrified future, that's very possible. So is it safe to say that we're not going to see natural gas completely removed from the landscape? Well, what we're talking about is, as I said, uh, a transition that's going to be occurring over many, many decades. And when we think about where we sit today, we're taking one step in advancing new technologies that we believe will create a, a brighter future really for us all. Um, this isn't something that's happening tomorrow by a long shot. When you talk about the timeline, though, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, I heard that uh, 2030 uh, will no longer see the manufacturing of gas furnaces or gas hot water tanks. So we'd already spoken about um, new homes. That's certainly been a focus uh, as we advance new construction across our state. With existing buildings, um, what we're really thinking about is the equipment that we use to heat and cool those buildings. And when we think about existing buildings, our goal would be in 2030 to be advancing uh, those same technologies, those heat pump technologies in our buildings uh, starting in that year. But not exactly in that year. It would really be when the equipment needs to be replaced. So if your fossil fuel uh, propane um, heating system operates for 10 or 15 years after 2030, there's there's no issue with that. It's simply when you replace it, there would be heat pump technologies that would be used instead. What do you say to the uh, homeowner in western New York who uh, says that I've uh, been taken, my choice as how I want to heat and cool my house has been taken away from me? Well, I'd say that this is certainly a, a change, and, and really when we looked at the work of our Climate Action Council over the last number of years, that's one thing that we really talked about is, is how does this impact uh, people, you know, the, the residents of New York for which we serve. And, and what we've concluded is, although different, um, the technologies that we are advancing create futures for all of us that are, first of all, healthier, I think, and safer and more reliable over time. So so what I think about this as is an evolution of technology more so than taking something away. We're speaking with uh, Doreen Harris, uh, the president and CEO of NYSERDA, and Basil Sagos, the DEC co uh, commissioner. This is a special edition of Hammer Time Radio on WBEN. Hi, my name is Ryan Nitz. I'm the branch manager of Lakeshore Savings Bank Depew office. We are located at 570 Dick Road in Depew. Our phone number is 716-898-2022. We are here Monday through Wednesday, 9 to 4, Thursday and Friday, 9 to 5. We also have Saturday hours, 9 to noon. We have great options for both lending and savings needs. We have no closing cost mortgages with rates starting at 6.125% for 30 years. We also have a home equity line of credit that offers fixed rate options. Those options start at 5.5%.
And for owners of investment properties, we have an investment property home equity line of credit to help tap into your investment property equity. If you have any questions about your liquid funds, we have a nine-month CD earning 4% and a money market savings account earning 2.65%, which is liquid. If you have any questions about either topic, please don't hesitate to stop into our branch, which again is located at 570 Dick Road in Depew, or give us a call, 716-898-2022. Did your building or roof collapse? Retaining National Fire Adjustment, an experienced and knowledgeable licensed public adjuster, is one of the most important decisions you can make. NFA will help you fully understand what coverages are included and excluded within your policy. This is Ron Papa, president of NFA, reminding you that when disaster strikes your business or home, call NFA, licensed adjusters for the policyholder since 1922. National Fire Adjustment Company Incorporated, call 1-800-570-8220. That's 1-800-570-8220. Do you want to make your home more efficient? At Isaac, our home and energy assessment shows you where your home is losing energy and prioritizes improvements based on your needs. New York State incentives are available to you when choosing energy-efficient products and services, such as insulation, air sealing, and air source heat pumps. You'll save money now with state incentives and later with your energy bills. Isaac can help you with this and so much more. Visit IsaacHeating.com today. Linda Pellegrino here, introducing Dr. Stephen Novelli. If you're suffering with neuropathy and have pins and needles or burning sensation in your feet, and you've been prescribed a cocktail of medication and there is no relief in sight, Dr. Novelli is here to let you know there is hope. We'd like to invite you as a guest every Tuesday night for a free neuropathy relief treatment and find out how life-changing these treatments can be. 716-45-SPINE to claim your free neuropathy treatment now. Hi, it's Linda Pellegrino, host of Senior Radio. I recently interviewed Roxanne Sorensen. Roxanne is the owner of Elder Care Solutions of Western New York, the largest geriatric care management service in Buffalo. Roxanne and her staff have dedicated their lives and careers to finding solutions for Buffalo area seniors. If you're frustrated and not getting the answers you deserve for your loved one's needs, you must contact Roxanne at Elder Care Solutions now at 823-1476. That's 823-1476. Elder Care Solutions has the answers you deserve. If you own a business, this has been a bumpy ride. From pandemic to inflation, I'm sure you could use a break. If your business has five or more employees and survived COVID, you may be eligible to receive a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee. The challenge is getting your hands on it. Hi, I'm Howard Mackler, and that's why I founded GetRefunds.com to cut through the red tape and get you the money. The team of tax attorneys we have put together are highly trained in this little-known payroll tax refund program. We do all the work, charge not a dime up front, and simply share a percentage of the cash that we get for you. Businesses of all types can qualify, including those that took PPP, nonprofits, and even those that had increases in sales. We have helped return over a billion dollars to businesses, and we can help you too. Just go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. This payroll tax refund is only available for a limited period of time. Don't lose out on up to $26,000 per employee. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Why spend weekends restacking wood? With Always Warm Stove and Chimney, say goodbye to the chores. Install a natural gas fireplace from Always Warm Stove and Chimney. Always Warm Showroom has models from Lopi and Fireplace Extraordinaire. Save with a high-efficiency, low-operating-cost natural gas fireplace. Imagine warming up your room with a touch of a button. 
Always Warm has a variety of remote control and blower options that keep you feeling toasty and add a touch of class that will make you look like the toast of the town. Choosing a low-fire fireplace extraordinaire natural gas model means no wood to chop, store, or carry, and no ashes to clean up. Natural gas, fueling tomorrow, today. Using less, doing more. Transform your home from always cold to always warm and receive rebates by installing a high-efficiency natural gas fireplace with Always Warm's expert sales and installation team. Visit Always Warm in Lockport or find them online at alwayswarmstoves.com. That's A-L-L-W-A-Y-S, warmstoves.com. Always Warm Stove and Chimney, always worth the trip. Hey, it's Dominic here. Call me crazy, but I like it when things are done right. The bigger the job, the more important it is to choose a company who does excellent work. So whenever someone says to me, Dominic, who do you recommend for roofs? I say call the people that fix roofs right. Call Ava Roofing. Now, when you call Ava, you get superior service, including an expert foreman on your job. Get an on-the-spot free written estimate and project drawing for your roof replacement by calling 716 716- 343-ROOF, 716-343-ROOF. By the way, you can go to avaroofing.com and book your appointment right online, Ava Roofing, because every dollar saved counts. And always remember to buy right the first time and buy from a Hammer Time partner. Live, local, Buffalo, all day long. News Radio 930 WBEN. And we're back. It's Dominic Cortese, special edition of Hammer Time Radio. Basil Sagos, the DEC commissioner, and Doreen Harris, the president and CEO of NYSERDA, are our special guests. And we're talking about the uh, the climate change initiatives in New York State and the move away from a dependency on natural gas as our uh, means to an end to heating our homes and becoming more reliant on the uh, electrical grid. Uh, there's a rumor on the street uh a question for both of you here, that our brand new Bill Stadium that's going up next year is going to have natural gas. In fact, the field is going to be heated with a special boiler uh, to help the grass grow in the wintertime. What do you say about that? Well, Dominic, I am uh, unfortunately not a Bills fan, full disclosure. Oh. I'm a Giants fan. So I, I rarely uh, track the, uh, the rumors of, of the Bills. But uh, anyway, uh, I haven't heard that. But again, I think as Doreen said in the prior segment, you know, we what we're envisioning here is a is a transition that will take, in some cases, decades. And uh, the work that's underway now, whether it's uh, residential or commercial across the state, is is subject to the current requirements, subject to current you know ways of construction and technology. So, again, I don't know specifically about the Bill Stadium. Uh, obviously, tracking the fact that it is being built mm-hmm. and um, it's an important thing for Western New York, um, but I, I, I couldn't tell you anything about the uh, the, the fuel uses. Let's go back to the uh, reliance on the grid. Um, as I mentioned, that the uh, the grid is a suspect in terms of its dependability right now, and yet we're going to tax it further. What's what's being done to the uh, expand in the near future here? Because again, we're talking about 2025 and the first phase of of this coming into existence. What's being done right now to uh, quickly get the grid ready for that first step? Well, we certainly have already been hard at work to not only transition our grid to a clean grid uh, powered by renewables and clean energy, 
but also to build it out so that it is ready to support um, the, the technologies that, that we know are part of this transition, uh, technologies like heat pumps for heating and cooling our buildings mm-hmm. and uh, electric vehicles to uh, get us from place to place. All that to say, we have literally dozens and dozens of renewable projects that are under contract, are being constructed, and are being developed across our state because we know um, that we have to build projects in order to achieve those outcomes. So who is monitoring the efficiency of these proposed means uh, to an end of generating electricity when there's such a tremendous reliance right now on natural gas being the source of electrical generation? I think it's the majority of electricity is generated with natural gas. And yet uh, the renewables are, are low on the list. Um, how are we going to measure the success uh, and uh, the capacity of the renewables uh, when, again, that deadline or that starting point, rather, is so close? Well, when we think about the the reasons our climate law has interim goals, one goal that you may be referring to is our goal for a 70% renewable grid by 2030. This is part of this orderly transition we've been talking about. Um, it's great, though, that we have technologies that are available um, commercially that can be used for this purpose, like wind projects on land or in the ocean, uh, solar projects, our existing hydroelectric assets um, across the state, and our nuclear um, power generation fleet as well. So this is part of running a grid that is, in fact, the one of the most reliable in the nation, and it's part of how our grid operators, our utilities, and our regulators are are meant to function. It's scaling that up for certain, but certainly part of our process. Now, we've had renewables available for power generation for some time now, but yet they really haven't become institutionalized um, as the way we power, we generate power, we're still reliant on natural gas. Um, do we do we see in the in the crystal ball that that's going to evolve and renewables are going to become more dependable? Well, renewables... I, I think I disagree. I consider renewable resources to be uh, very commercially available and dependable. But you are correct in saying that they, of course, operate in the case of a wind farm when the wind's blowing and when, in the case of a solar project when the sun is shining. And so when we think about the grid build-out that we're planning toward, we certainly will be using technologies like energy storage technologies, batteries, and other types of storage technologies as I said, as well as our existing hydroelectric and nuclear resources to balance out what we call the intermittency of renewables. Mm -hmm. When we look ahead to 2030 and the furnace as we know it today will be hard to get or won't be available at all, what do you say to um, a New York stater who says, I'm just going to go to Pennsylvania and buy a furnace and install that? Well, when we think about the process that we will be advancing, um, it is the case that the governor's proposed specific legislation to implement some of these requirements as well as what would be actually enforced through New York's Code Council um, and the associated officials around the state. So all that to say, (laughs) this is a process that is very much um, kicking off. Um, I can imagine there could be enforcement mechanisms, but at this moment, uh, it's certainly too soon for me to speak to, to exactly how that would work. On the live line with me is Basil Sagos, the DEC Commissioner, and Doreen Harris, the President and CEO of NYSERDA. Our next break is right now, but don't go away. We'll be back with more right after this. Please. 
Sometimes the smallest room in your house has the biggest impact on its value. Hey, it's Dominic here with a tip on increasing the value of your home. Update your bathroom. And when we remodel bathrooms, we partner with the best companies out there, like my friends at Twin City Glass. For over 50 years, the Weinholz family at, at Twin City have been offering you beautiful high glass enclosures for your shower or your bathtub, as well as custom mirror solutions. Call Twin City Glass, 716-694-3300. That's 694-3300. Or visit their full life-size showroom in Willitzer Park. Be sure to tell them that Dominic sent you. And always remember to buy right the first time and buy from a Hammer Time partner. Hi, this is Sandy Beach. If you have diabetes like I do, it can cause many serious eye problems. That's why it's important to get regular eye exams. Years ago, my primary care doctor referred me to ECVA. Trust your eyes to the exceptional care you'll receive at ECVA. It's what I do. You should do it too. They have four offices and optical shops in Williamsville, Orchard Park, Elmwood Village, and Niagara Falls. Call 631-EYES. ECVA today. My dad and grandma had diabetes. Grandma's diabetes was so bad her foot had to be amputated. I knew I'd probably get it too, but I didn't know there was something I could do about it. My healthcare provider told me about the Diabetes Prevention Program. There I learned to make healthier choices and set daily goals to help change my destiny. Support is also offered from other members of my community dealing with the same health issues. It's also covered by Medicaid and Medicare. Join a diabetes prevention program at health.ny.gov slash prediabetes. I'm Roger Hancock, owner of Town & Country Furniture in Hamburg, where we're making America comfortable again. If you like, kick back and relax in a recliner. Now's the time to kick back, relax, and save when you shop Town & Country Furniture's selection of 2022 model recliner and lift chair inventory. We're making room for 2023 models. Will the floor sample clearance sale that makes buying a new recliner or lift chair for your home more affordable than ever. Stop in and shop our recliners for the ultimate in comfort and savings. But hurry, our 2022 models are going fast. Remember, Town & Country price matches Amazon every time so you can still get the best price and buy local. Our showroom features only furniture designed and manufactured in America. And of course, veterans never pay sales tax. Town & Country Furniture at 37 Main Street in the village of Hamburg. Delivery is always free. And make sure to check out our website too. Town country furniture making america comfortable and affordable again they're the same local financial guys and tax lady you've come to know and trust but now they're on longer don't miss the financial guys show with local financial experts glenn wiggle and mike lomas saturdays from one till three followed by ask the tax lady with esther gullius from three till four finances and taxes from the local experts you trust saturday afternoons from one till four on news radio 9 30 a.m wben Hey, do you know how to instantly bring that dark, stuffy room in your house back to life? Well, I can tell you, it's with natural light and fresh air. And there is a simple, affordable way to get both. Now that you know there is only one place to go, those in the know. 
Golenko. Fresh air skylights from Valux offer you natural light and ventilation, all in one affordable product. They're not only going to brighten up your home, they're good for your health and well-being as well. Lenko can help you with Valux skylight options to suit your budget. Just choose one that's right for you, then sit back. Take a deep breath and enjoy the benefits of fresh air from Valux. Find out more about Valux skylights and get in the know at LencoBuffalo.com. That's LencoBuffalo.com. Lenko, located on Seneca Street in Buffalo, Sheridan Transit in Clarence, and Sheridan in Delaware in Kenton. Those in the know, go Lenko. Hey, it's Dominic Cortese, and this is a special edition of Hammer Time Radio here on WBN. On the live line with me is Basil Sagos, the DEC commissioner, and Doreen Harris, the president and CEO of NYSERDA. Let's take a moment, and if you could, identify the makeup of the uh, Climate Council. And uh, I understand there's people representing... Um, a lot of various parts of, of the state, including utilities. Yeah, that's right, Dominic. I mean, it's a 22-member, it was a 22-member council, right? It delivered its final scoping plan um, at the end of the last calendar year. So technically, it isn't, it isn't uh, currently functioning as a, as a council. But you're right, it did have good membership uh, from across the state. Uh, we had some, um, a representative from National Fuel Gas in Western New York, uh, some industry reps, uh, environmental reps as well, and then, and then state agencies. So it was a uh, a fairly good cross-section of some experts. And what we tried to do, and I think very effectively throughout the course of the Climate Action Council, was to enlist literally hundreds of additional experts. You know, we went and staffed up all of these various panels and subcommittees and uh, had a, a, maybe a, a perfect cross-section of, of positions from labor to the environmental community, environmental justice community, uh, workforce, um, you know, major industrial operations like uh, like Nucor, Alcoa. Um, so it gave us gave us a really uh, a solid foundation from which to to build this uh, this proposed plan for the future. Now, the governor announced the economy wide cap and investment program, and it's it talks about limiting potential costs to economically vulnerable New Yorks New Yorkers. Um, with the proceeds to reduce pollutants across the communities. The problem I see with that statement is the cost factor uh, is going to transcend uh, all all New Yorkers as far as affordability. Uh, upgrading a home alone, uh, the estimates are uh, you know upwards of $25,000 potentially uh, to retrofit a home to become 100% electric. Uh, how are we going to bear the cost of that uh, when we're talking about aid only being available to uh, an economically vulnerable New Yorkers? Well, I, look, look, there's there's a few there's a few elements of that. First of all, I mean the cap and invest program, which um, has not been designed yet, uh, has merely been set forth as a principle as a project that the the state will undertake over the course of the next year. Uh, as you noted, the governor has instructed us to keep affordability in mind. Uh, so the proceeds from such a program would go into keeping uh, costs down as we're also making investments in uh, in renewable energy, in efficiency, in electrification. Um, so this is, there's a component of the of the program that the governor's proposed this this rebate, climate action rebate, which which uh, would go into the pockets of all New Yorkers to help defray some of those costs. There's also a uh, an industrial small business industrial fund as well. 
um, which would um, the proceeds from that go into keeping costs down for small businesses. Now, this program, it, we imagine, we, we, while we have not constructed it yet, we imagine will generate a fairly significant amount of revenue for this transition over time. And ultimately, uh, putting those dollars into defraying the costs of these kinds of upgrades that Doreen has mentioned in the last two segments is going to keep the cost down of the program over time. And ultimately, when people are making these transitions, re- whether you're a business owner or a, or a homeowner, you're, you're swapping out your, your heating equipment, for example, uh, there will be programs designed to uh, reduce that 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 cost burden. So, if you're spending X for you know a propane heating system, you maybe spend uh, Y on a on a uh, a heat pump system, and any cost differential in that can can be shrunk by the investments out of the programs that we envision. So, at the core of the cost element is not only the uh, switchover cost, but also the operating costs, electricity costing more to, to use the natural gas. Uh, what do you see happening to the cost of electricity uh, when we are using it more? Do you see it going up or going down? Well, I'd say the, the thing that, the, the reason that electricity fluctuates so dramatically, really, at this point is because of the, the input fuels that also dramatically fluctuate. That's one of the reasons that we're, we're paying more both at the pump now, but also for our energy bills. And so one of the major benefits of, of our transition to a renewable grid is that we will no longer be sort of subject to those dramatic swings that create real challenges for New Yorkers really statewide. But then also the types of investments we're talking about, as an example, in our buildings. So instead of using oil or propane um, as an example to heat, to heat one's home, when you're using electricity to heat your home, you're benefiting from that consistent cost. And in fact, initial estimates would say that because of the fact that we're also creating homes that I have, as I said, more air sealing, insulation, and the like, um, it actually is projected to reduce energy bills across the state. So the, the focus, it seems, uh, in what you're speaking about now, Doreen, is largely on new construction. How do we handle um, a, an older home, uh, some of the homes in Buffalo, as you may know, or built at the turn of the century. Some still have knob and tomb electrical wiring. Some have 60 amp electrical services, if that. Um, how is that homeowner going to endure the cost of these retrofits? Well, as we've uh, spoken about uh, already in, in, in this um, segment, we're really starting by focusing on new, new buildings because we believe that's really the best place to not only a start, but also to get uh, the technologies advanced and the workforce advanced to conduct this type of work at scale um, across the state. And when we look at our existing homes and our existing buildings, that's going to be something that advances, as we described, over the next number of decades, really. Um, and in those homes, you're right. Um, we are definitely planning on circumstances that involve not just a replacement of a heating or a cooling system, but also, as we call it, improvements to the shell of the of the building, which is is thing as I said, things like air sealing and insulation and the like, so that we not only can have an efficient home but an electrified home. And and certainly, we are planning in some instances to need upgrades. Uh, to your point, electrical panels may be among them. But all that to say, when we think about this on an incremental basis, not only are we now able to rely on significant programs from both the state and the federal government to offset increases in costs? 
but long-term savings in energy bills, which is a huge game changer for certainly all New Yorkers, but particularly those in colder climates. The timelines um, are interesting to note that uh, they don't really talk about the kind of construction that we're retrofitting or building. Um, It seems to me that all the timelines are blended together where um, everyone's going to have to follow these protocols for uh, upgrades, regardless of the kind of construction of building that we're speaking about. Well, I think at this moment, um, what we are talking about is different deadlines for what we are at this moment referring to as smaller buildings and larger buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, smaller buildings, you know, generally would be a single-family residential um, home or a low-rise multifamily building, whereas a larger building would be as one would expect, a commercial building or a mid to high-rise multifamily building. But the specifics within all of these uh, sort of broad strokes will be the subject of a process that we're going to be kicking off this year in which we look at sort of the very specifics around these small and large buildings, but also the process whereby we may consider exemptions to these requirements. Um, Certainly, Some types of uses in buildings may be very difficult to electrify, and we want to take that into account in this upcoming process as well. uh, Both of your agencies are involved with regulatory uh, regulatory programs that you're designing to uh, measure and cap uh, pollution. Um, How are you going to go about doing that, and um, how significant um, is this going to be, do you think, in the switch to electricity uh, to uh, reduce uh, our carbon footprint? Well, I think it, it, it is central to ultimately to the, the climate law that, that we have, right? Keeping costs down, of course, being central to how we want to approach it, but ultimately we need to reduce the amount of carbon that uh, we generate. Yes, we are one state out of 50. We're one nation out of almost a couple of hundred. But we see that this transition itself in, in, in the pursuit of shrinking this, this carbon footprint on the, uh, to fix almost a global problem has so many additional benefits to it. You know, you look at the potential, uh, you know, the additions of jobs uh, that will come out of this transition. You know, we, we've, we've looked at this fairly closely and we see that if we do this right, it'd be a couple hundred thousand additional jobs that we add. The cost of inaction, uh, the cost of action outweighing the cost of inaction by uh, over a hundred billion dollars. So, you know, there, there are many reasons to do this, and I think you know, there's also the 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 issue of of health impacts, and you know, what we expect uh, to reduce not just the carbon emissions, but also the co-pollutants like nitrogen oxides and um, and other pollutants that you know you typically associate with uh, you know transportation, for example. So there will there will be additional benefits that that come from just pursuing this uh, from a health perspective. Our next break comes up right now, but don't go away. We'll be back to wrap things up with Doreen Harris and Basil Sagos right after this. It's Dominic here with my good friend uh, Peter Gordon from Into Our Professionals. You know, it is the heating season. We're breathing indoor air, and that indoor air, unfortunately, Peter, is polluted. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. We've known for 30 years, that's why we started this business, is that indoor air is uh, three to five times more polluted than 
the worst outdoor air pollution. So we're talking about New York, Los Angeles, you know, places like that where you just see the thick yellow smog. So that's your indoor air. And once again, we've talked about that's polluted because we're sealed in. We've, you've done a great job at insulating so we can save money on our precious gas that's being attacked mm-hmm. and, uh, and electricity and all that. And of course, the uh, high capacity dehumidifiers, which will control the humidity level in your basement. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so and once again, it's it's you're not going to get a lot of humidity when it's as cold as it is now, but it won't be long, you know, even with Puxatani Phil saying six weeks of winter, won't be long before that moisture's running into your basement. Six eight three three thousand, that's the number you're gonna call right now after Peter tells tells us the hammer time radio specials for today. Whether you're new or old, you can save still 20% off your duct cleaning. Wow. Uh, this this won't last for long. I'd say maybe one more week. Okay. And then on the uh, medical-grade air purifiers, the portable uh, compact is only $419. Uh, the one like you have that t- covers 1,200 square feet, the deluxe is $300 off. That is Wow. Go to machine, and then lastly, if you put one on your furnace, it's five hundred dollars off. And the April Air you, uh, high capacity dehumidifier, you can still save two hundred and fifty dollars off. Seven one six six eight three three thousand. Got IAP? Get it today. Breathe easier. Breathe easier. With indoor air professionals, for every breath you take. When we use energy more efficiently, we don't just save energy, we save money, too. And with National Fuels Conservation Incentive Program, we can do that in a really big way. Residential and commercial customers can access rebates simply by installing energy-efficient equipment in their home or business, which saves energy in the present and saves money for your future. With your help, we can fuel tomorrow today. Learn how much you can save at FuelingTomorrowToday.com. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 90% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to 4 slash joy. At Hims, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the biggest brands at 90% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but 90% cheaper. It's the same medication you get from your doctor, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4 slash joy. That's 4 slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. Do you want to make your home more efficient? At Isaac, our home energy assessment shows you where your home is losing energy and prioritizes improvements based on your needs. New York State incentives are available to you when choosing energy-efficient products and services, such as insulation, air sealing, and air source heat pumps. You'll save money now with state incentives and later with your energy bills. Isaac can help you with this and so much more. Visit IsaacKeating.com today. A new voice on the radio in Buffalo. We're not more divided than we were during the Civil War. Hell, we're not more divided than we were when you had the minority 
in the colonies that were pushing to establish a new country. We're not any more divided now than we were then. Dana Lash, weeknights 7 till 10, News Radio 930 WBEN. Hey, it's Dominic here from my friends at Gorilla Garage Gear. You hear me talking about them and uh, my beautiful epoxy floor that we, they did for me. They also repaired my garage door, and also they organized garages as well. Well, guess what, folks? Now you can get Gorilla to do your basement floor. That's right, basement floor coatings now available at Gorilla Garage Gear. Easy cleanup, looks great, protects your concrete, vapor barrier included, 15-year warranty, lowest cost flooring option for your basement. Here's the number to call, 716 716- That's a new number, so write that down. 716-817-5542. And here's the best part. $250 off, minimum 400 square feet, just by telling them that Dominic sent you. Gorilla Floor Coating for your basement floor. Now available from Gorilla Garage Gear. Go, go, Gorilla. And always remember to buy right the first time and buy from a Hammer Time partner. Live, local, Buffalo. All day long. News Radio 930 WBEN. We've enjoyed the hour speaking with Basil Sagos, the DEC commissioner, and Doreen Harris, the president and CEO of NYSERDA. And of course, the talk has been switching uh, to an electrical uh, li- lifestyle. Uh, you know, when we talk about uh, becoming an electric society, of course, front and center in our minds is electric vehicles. And um, yet, um, there's some downsides uh, to having an electric car. There's a higher risk uh, of fire, potentially, and fire that could burn at a higher temperature. I actually have a friend who lost his, his house uh, while his car was recharging. Uh, then there's the whole side of disposal of, uh, of batteries. Um, are we solving one problem in becoming an electric society and creating another? Yeah, you know, listen, I don't think so. I, and, and I do appreciate this question as, as somebody who uh, transitioned from a, um, a Jeep for my family into uh, into an electric vehicle. I've, I've sort of experienced the transition firsthand. And I got to tell you, it's, it has been a fantastic transition. I've, I have this little app on my phone that shows me what I've saved on gas. I mean, you know, $2,000 of gas saved this year. I mean, just, just in, my, in my pocket, uh, I feel better. It's been very easy as well. I mean, the, the, the charging network across the state is robust. I, I don't have what you, you know, often refer to, folks I refer to as range anxiety. You know, where do I charge? Now there's a robust network around the state. I, I honestly don't even recognize the difference. I can get from A to B without even knowing it. In terms of environmental impact, I mean, I, I would say that there is there is no comparison between, you know, the traditional um, gasoline-powered uh, impact in transportation and the electric, electric uh, impact. I mean, you, you, just just the extraction of, of, of gas and the, all the various issues that associated with that and the uh, the spills that DEC has to respond to every year. I mean, we, we respond to 13,000 spills in New York every year, and a lot of that is just from, from gasoline. Yes, there are issues with, with, uh, with some cars 
and batteries that have that have posed problems. So I'm sorry to hear about your friend and, and that house. It, it, it's something I, as as a scale is is far smaller than than the impacts from from gasoline. But we we take it all really seriously. You know, we 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 don't dismiss the fact that there are issues with batteries, and we don't dismiss the fact that uh, there's issues with with getting cobalt out of the ground. Um, but we we have to pursue a policy that makes the most sense ultimately for health and 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 the future of the of the of the state. And ultimately, that's that's driven us into uh, a, a mindset of, of electric vehicles. Is it safe to say that the recycling side of battery technology has not caught up with the technology to actually produce them? You know, it is. It, there is a fairly a fairly advanced system of of recapturing uh, lithium from a lot of these these vehicles. Obviously, we're all familiar with uh, recycling of of lead batteries. It's it's a very robust industry. Um, I would expect as this industry expands over the coming decades that the recycling industry will catch up. Um, and uh, and I think we, we see a lot, a lot of big movers in this space mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. including companies from as far away as, uh, as South Korea taking an interest in, in, uh, in this industry. So this is a tough sell uh, that you guys are, uh, you know, stepping your foot into with, with uh, you know, getting uh, us to all believe that this is going to work and work to our benefit. Uh, what closing comments would you make uh, to our listening audience um, about being open-minded about this transition? So, uh, yeah, if, if you couldn't tell, I, I don't. I think we have a difference of opinion about this uh, transition in the first instance. Really, when we've been working on this process that's occurred, as we described, over a series of years, what we have all learned and really what we're excited to implement is indeed a change. It is a change that we go into eyes wide open, but it is a change that, as we have concluded, is definitely worth it. Um, it's going to bring forward benefits which far outseed the costs, and those benefits consist of economic benefits, health benefits, air quality benefits, and beyond. It's really, it's talking about, in my view, up, updating the way in which we live for the better. Basil? And, uh, maybe I'll, I'll just, I'll close with this. I mean, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about the climate crisis, and I don't think anyone at, at this point, at least folks we talk to, can dispute that we've got a problem on our hands. That said, I'm extraordinarily optimistic about where we are. I mean, we are, we are, we have a very unique alignment between the federal, state, and local levels. You see extraordinary public support for taking action. You see the marketplace developing technologies. You see multi-state initiatives. I mean, we've talked only about New York here, but mind you, there's, you know, 25, at least 25 other states that are on the same track. Uh, And you look at a state like Texas that everyone thinks perhaps is more of a petroleum state. Well, they're one of the leaders in in solar and wind. I mean, the world is moving in this direction. So Mm -hmm. I think the question is, are we going to take advantage of that and be responsible for our own citizenry? Or are we going to let it pass us? And, you know, New York has always been a leader in this regard. I think that what, what we've explained to you today is that we're going to be very deliberative about this incredible challenge that you note. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very real challenge, but we intend to take advantage of it and, and make the right decisions in consultation with, uh, with the public. I want to thank you both for spending the hour with me, and uh, we'll look forward to speaking to you again about this important subject. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time. And always remember that life may be hard by the yard, but by the inch. It's a cinch.